Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. Welcome back to the OC, the Osteo Connection, here today with just Dr. Shan. Oh my gosh, Dr. Shan. Just, just Dr. Sean Landry, as Kevin is yet again. Yes. MIA. MIA. He is MIA. He is currently probably on a on the road. Yeah, I would think so. Hopefully, he's you know made it out of the bush. But he was, uh, yeah, fishing was fishing. trip. Fishing trip. Boys fishing trip. Back to back long weekends. He's you know Labor Day was here last weekend, so decided to take just back to back. So we're gonna have a little talk, I think, just with. Yeah, he took Friday off as well. So yeah. wow. Yeah, we've been carrying him. Perceived value is getting more difficult to see right now. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. We're going to have to talk with the staff and uh, see what they think of. It's election coming up soon here, so we'll do the elections in here. Some sort of survey or election process. Well, hopefully he makes it back alive. Uh, you know, That's a funny but not so funny story because last time Kevin went fishing with this, uh, this group, uh, he had a near-death experience. Precarious situation. Yes. Yeah. We'll let Kevin, we'll, we'll plant the seed and we'll let Kevin tell you guys about that uh, that unfortunate incident where he actually walked away unscathed, but, uh, and everyone did as well, thankfully. Yeah. But, but there was a, yeah, a moment of a fishing incident. Mm-hmm. We'll, just, we'll just say, and we'll plant the seed and let Kevin tell, tell you that, but enough about Kevin because he's not here. You're welcome, Kevin, that we're here. Yeah. You're welcome. Actually, we had some great feedback today from our eight mindful minutes that it was the best one yet. Right. And you weren't here. So, um, yeah, so today, boy, uh, we think we are going to bring you guys episode 102. 102. Which, can, can you believe it? We're carrying straight great. on past the century mark. Exactly. So yeah, so um, we're going to chat about what it means to have a waiting list practice. Ooh, I like that term. This is uh, something that we start thinking about when we're still in school, right? Yes. We're, we're getting towards our fourth and fifth year, and we're already... Uh, you know, starting to think how we're going to practice. Are we going to be a solo practitioner? Are we going to be an associate? Are we going to join another company? And how's that going to look? And how are we going to find people? How do we start? How do we get started? How do we get in front of people? How do they find us? All these hows. Um, but really, we're thinking ahead of the game usually too, saying, how do I get to a waiting list practice where I can be like, you know, we've all done internships where we're into a clinic that's very busy and you see these certain therapists that are always busy and have these steady flow and we're you know, I remember me as a student, I was always in their ear saying, hey, how do you do that? How did you get to that spot? How long did it take you? Any wisdom that you can share? All of these things are very valuable. So if you are in that situation currently, reach out to your associates, whoever you're working with, and, and get in their ear. See get what they do. Ear. What do they do to get busy? How long did it take them? And, and then challenge yourself. Can you accelerate that process? So yeah, waiting list practice is something that's on our mind very early on in, the, in, in, our, in our evolution as a therapist. Um, and we... We seem to think that there are very many principles you can put in place to ensure that this can happen for you. It can happen for anybody. Uh, and there's some key concepts and, and key things I think that people can do and uh, and be aware of, which can accelerate it faster, right? That's what we're trying to do. Get fuller faster and, uh, and start to see and, and have less of that anxiety around your schedule because that can be such a big thing. We see that in some of our newer grads, some of the new additions to our team that you can see they kind of get caught up in that a bit. So Sean. Yeah, I, I, I want to jump right off there, Jay. And 
I want to say the most important thing is uh, if you can build a waiting list practice and get fuller faster, as Jason says, you can impact more people in your community. And I think that's the, that's the most important thing. And if you come from a place that is, uh, we always say this, is in service towards others, right? How can I make the biggest impact in my community? How can I help as many people? Uh, that actually is a foundational principle in getting towards this waiting list practice. The waiting list practice will happen as a result of you um, really connecting with your community, finding the people that you are meant to serve and then getting in front of them and doing it with, uh, like we said, with some simple uh, communication skills, uh, some empathy, some kindness. There are some uh, some simple scripts and uh, and and things that you can do to shortcut success. Now, Jay, I'm gonna throw it right back at you. What is a waiting list practice? Well, I think the first thing people think of when you think of waiting list practices is that is that no worrying about cancellations. That 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 you walk in on Monday, your week is set, and not only that is you get into a waiting list, you're you're booked weeks, if not months in advance. Um, and the beauty of that is that you start to be able to relax a little bit, right? Most people when they first start, we see this in our newer grads, they're it's kind of on their mind a lot. They, 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 they're, they're looking at their schedule. They see holes and, okay, I've got three holes this week and I've got 11 next week. How am I going to do this? How do I get busy? And that so takes it, away from the client experience, right? Well, yeah, 100%. The, care, the energy you, they're walking into the room with has to match the healing energy you're trying to, to have for your client. So to, to eliminate a waiting list practice helps to eliminate that anxiety because let's face it, you know, we're very fortunate here, several of us, that when we have a, an opening, we have plenty of people that can fill that hole, right? So if we can get a cancellation a week, no problem. We have seven cancellations in a week, no problem. We can we can fill those holes. Thank goodness for that. Um, so I think when you said, what does it mean to have it? That's what I see kind of, that's like the, the frilly part, the easy part is that you can be consistent. You can have no holes. You have the ability to to move people around if you need to, to to have a full week essentially. And then you can do that for many weeks in advance. That's kind of where I see the grassroots level of a waiting list practice that we all think about initially. But I think there's more to it than that. Um, you know, and you just said about that communication part, it all starts there. Anyone who's been listening to our podcast for a while understands that we've talked about this now for 102 episodes. Um, but really, Sean, you mentioned some scripts. So I really invite anyone who's maybe a newer listener to our podcast, go back, look at any of our titles that show maybe communication stuff. We've done many for you on like answering the four questions every client has, uh, your initial visit, things to nail down, treatment report plan, findings. report of findings, phases of care. These are the dialogues that you have to have with your client to build them, to to make the connection and to start to build out your waiting list practice. Those are the scripts we can talk about for sure. And unfortunately, those this aspect of practice uh, is, isn't covered in your formal education. And this is where we come in, right? Uh, and we completely, it's not at fault to the programs at hand. They just don't have the time, right? They're, they're focused on the, giving you the clinical pearls, the, you know, the, the magic with your hands, right? To help people get better. But we know, right, in real world business, if you just do the clinic stuff, it's going to help. It's going to help people, but you got to get, you got to, you got to use that. You got to mirror or match those, those clinical skills with your communication skills and get in front of your community. And that's what gives you the waiting list practice. And it happens organically over time. But like Jay said, that we can, we can definitely shortcut that, pro that process. Um, for me, when I think waiting list practice, I think, uh, you know, I love looking at my schedule weeks and months in advance and I get to see 
people, right? I get to, at the start of my week, just, just actually see and be like, oh man, I am, I get to hang out with so-and-so this week. I get to see them, um, you know, I get to get caught up in their life. I get to, because, you know, a waiting list practice, you end up with friend, friends and family, uh, and you treat, you end up treating all sorts of the, you know, their colleagues. And so it becomes this, uh, it becomes this ecosystem in and of itself. And, uh, Jay, you said it before, but there's less time spent in the acquiring of new patients, which is time sensitive and sometimes cost, right? There's sometimes sure. there's a cost associated with it. So when you know where your patients are coming from and you know that each patient or each client is, is, you know, worth X percent of referrals, right? Because that's what happens. You're never going to have an empty, you know, an empty time slot. And then from there you can, Jay, you're going to, you're going to, this is your, right up your alley, but you can budget, you can forecast, right? That's it too, Sean, for sure. I, I see waiting list practices that it's, it's financial freedom or financial security, meaning that you, you know, you have the ability to budget and forecast, you know, your, your, your paycheck you're getting every week or every couple of weeks is the same or very, very similar to that. So that you, you know, for someone who's, you know, getting started in life and having a partner and maybe going to buy a home or buy a new car, you're able to go to a bank, you can get your mortgage approval. They can see, you know, let's face it, we're all self-employed, right? And with that, they, the banks need to see certain documentation. And if you can show that you've had consistency over a period of years, then they'll see that, okay, this is someone that we can actually lend to. And so, you know, as much as we look at just the, the, the client perspective of it, it's what it allows you to have. It allows that peace of mind. And, you know, I know some of our therapists in here that, you know, they have friends that are not osteopaths that they work nine to five. They have the same paycheck all the time. And they express that to us during some of our little sit downs that I'm, I, I want that consistency. I, I want that ability to know when I'm making. And, and then the beauty of that is once you get to a waiting list practice is you can usually start to increase your rates. So how do you make more money? Then you've, you're already full. Then you start to add on. Am I going to see a few more patients this week or, or clients this week? Or do I charge a little bit more per session that people come in? Do I see you know, one person an hour, two people an hour? How do, how do I figure that out? What's the formula we can look at math-wise that gets me to a certain number I want to get to? Yeah. And you can really see the evolution in that. So, you know, it's uncomfortable talking about numbers all the time, but reality is we all have to make a living as well. And part of having a waiting list practice affords you that ability to to forecast, budget, to really start to plan for your, not just today, but for tomorrow. And I think that's a huge part it's of that. It's interesting you just brought up a concept that made me think of uh, this idea of capacity. And I, I don't think we stress this enough, right? So when we talk about business... Uh, there are essentially three things that you can do, right? So it's, you can get, acquire, to grow your business, to grow saying. your yes, business, right? Yeah. You can acquire new clients or patients. Yeah. You can, uh, work on your repeat clients or visit visits. That's your retention and small sidebar. We are actually massive host, plug, actually massive plug right now. We are actually hosting our first challenge next week. So you guys, there'll be, um, I believe it's osteometrship.com, uh, forward slash reboot, dash your dash retention dash week right the exactly. link will be in the show notes below but we're running our first challenge so so you guys have to sign up for that challenge and it's live it's live you'll get access to us we'll answer all your questions we're going to cover some concept some amazing concepts and the idea is you know we hope we could double your retention quickly just instead yeah. is kevin here next week for that or oh i don't know i don't know hopefully yeah <laughs> yes, Kevin will be here as well. You know, for those of you that uh, you know have not met 
have you know have heard Kevin. He will be here. He might be teasing a few of you as well. So so that get ready. His, get ready for MO. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so retention, right? You need to focus on retention. So if you have clients coming in the door, you got to figure out how how do you keep them, right? And that's commitment to care, compliance. Right? And then the, the third one is is potentially, like, we, like Jay said, raising your rates or higher dollar value per transaction. So what are you doing? So both on revenue streams, um, different, you know, raising your rates, for example. But a concept we we don't talk about often is this idea of capacity, right? So um, a waiting list practice, when you get to the phase of, of practice we're at, is you, if you want to grow right? Then you're going to either have to, right? There's only so many hours in a week. Exactly. You know, you only have two hands. So if you really want to um, improve your revenue and you've looked at these other, these other avenues, then, then capacity is the next way to do it. So you either need to see more people in a shorter period of time, right? So you can actually, you know, maybe reduce your rate, your, your time per visit, right? That's a way of increasing your capacity because yep. if you're seeing one patient an hour and you say, oh, I think I could do some of my follow-ups in 45 minutes, some of my follow-ups in a half hour, whatever you decide, right? That is your, you know, we want you to dream up your version of your best practice. Um, you know, I've worked in clinics where honestly the, the, capa- the capacity was crazy, right? Now, whatever you decide. So that's an interesting way. So that's capacity. But other way of capacity is maybe you add more hours to your day, right? <laughs> Maybe you add another day to your week. That's how you increase capacity. Or maybe you're at the phase of practice where you start adding other practitioners, right, to handle your overflow and improve your capacity. So that's a that's a really cool concept that I don't think we talk about enough, and we should definitely. Uh, but but in seeing where you're at with a waiting list practice or getting there, inevitably you're going to be faced with this, this kind of dilemma because there are some downsides to, to having a waiting list practice. Oh, right? 100%. It's funny. Some <laughs> clients laugh. They're like, I don't think I'm going to refer anyone else to you anymore because yeah. now when I call in, we can't get in at all. And so I <laughs> laugh and, and I try to explain to them that that's what we do for new clients. So yes. it's kind of funny how you brought up retention. So, you know, I, I've worked in other clinics before or not, I shouldn't just say other clinics, but, you know, you can hear between other therapists that sometimes there's this like this this gold chase where people are trying to hunt down these new clients all the time, right? To get new clients, to get new clients, but they sacrifice the ability for other people to get into the schedule. It's not really fair. So what I try to tell my clients who say that to me, I'm like, listen, if you call in, you're an existing client. That's who I give my holes to. Yeah, priority. If I'm booked, let's say two months out in advance, three months out in advance, then I also I say to them, listen, when there's holes that come up. It's people like you that get them. I also tell them to call and call often at the front to be fresh on top of the mind. But I also conversely tell them when you refer someone in, and I say this like, you know, jokingly with them, not jokingly, but it's it's an easy conversation. I said, listen, honestly, if you call and refer someone in, I'll make sure. I'll make sure that I'll make sure. But usually, I what's fair to them is to make them wait a little bit. If if I'm booked out two months, it's not fair to put them in on Thursday, and then have nothing else to give them for a follow up. So quite often, I'll be honest with them, saying, listen, I can. But the assurance is that I can't really see them. So it's probably best for them in their recovery that either A, they book two months out in advance or three months out in advance and we schedule some follow-ups thereafter or they, they, see they see someone else in the clinic. This is the whole scaling part you said. So you know, you're right. We don't talk about this, this as much as other concepts, but that's a reality. You know, If you're booked four, six weeks out, four weeks out is almost like a capping point. If you're booked a month in advance, you're going to start to notice that the phone rings at the front and your reception's going to start telling you people want to come in, they can't see someone, 
they don't book with anyone or they don't book, they're going elsewhere. And that's how you know you need to start adding on a practitioner. How do you do this? How do you make this work? Um, totally different you know, avenue, but shares different principles. You can share the same math that you did on it to see how that would work as far as numbers goes. But it's certainly something you might have to look at. So if you have the intentions on you know, finding your first location and you feel as an intern that you're already, you've got these skills and you're, you might want to even think of that first location, like, oof, don't sign a too long a term release because you might need more space. Or conversely, sign something that motivates you to, to have the capacity to grow. Yeah, capacity Because um, I think, like, Sean, capacity is a big thing that needs to be discussed for sure. It's very, very important to the life of your business. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not working on it, if you're not growing, you're dying. You're dying. Essentially, right? right? Yes, essentially. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's awesome. So the, you know, I guess working backwards, right? How do you get to a waiting list practice then? You know, um, and well, are there, are there ways of doing it, you know, easier than than not? Well, I think it goes down to being a student. Like like our our financial institutions, our financial, our, our educational institutions do a great job of giving us the technical skills as much as we don't harp on that on this podcast, because I assume, or we assume that everyone who comes in to work with us has decent technical skills, decent yeah. manual skills. We all went to similar schools and we know the curriculums and we're confident that they have those skills. The differentiator is the communication part. Yeah. So like, like you kind of said, it's not that we, it's not up to the educational institutions to do that. They're making sure that we have the appropriate techniques to, to assess and treat. Uh, we're safe. Yeah, they're repeatable. That's what we're trying to get. Um, but it's the other part that's really important is the communication. So how do you get there? To me, it's, it's making those connections. How do you connect with people? How do you communicate? That's like the step, the first stepping stone to getting towards a waiting list practice is how do you stand out relative to your peers? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I myself, like I'm sure many other listeners and probably you, when I first graduated to get busier, I took post-grad courses. But as I look back and I look back at these courses on muscle energy techniques or uh, uh, pelvic techniques and different techniques on the pelvis and neurodynamic testing, they were great courses. But as I look back now, they didn't make me any busier. No. They, they, they made the clients that I was already seeing, they gave me more tools in my toolbox, but they didn't get me more clients. No. And they didn't retain myself more clients, which is why we've developed ammo in this MBO program to show that if you have the technical skills and you can pair that up with the communication and the empowerment and, and, and that whole dynamic of client therapist relationship and sound that, and sound business pr principles and, and exactly. And, and having some business principles, you don't yeah. have to be like a, like an accountant or an actuary to do this. It's, no. but you have to know the, the basic fundamentals. You need to know your fixed costs. You need to know certain things so that you can, reflect back, check in periodically, and really start to see growth. So that's where, to me, that's where the waiting list practice comes. It comes from the combination of technical skills, because let's not let's face it, we all need that in combination with that ability to communicate, connect, empower, educate. I mean, throw any adjective like that in there, but that's, that's, that's what we see here. The therapists that book faster are the ones that are able to make that, that connection with their client for sure. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Jason. All right, so if you guys want more of this, but you actually want kind of boot camp style challenge, we are offering for the first time ever, right? We are offering a Reboot Your Retention Week. So you've got to go over to osteomentorship.com forward slash Reboot Your Retention. And it, go there, sign up. There is zero obligation. 
um, you get, you'll get five days. We're going to do it at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we've got all the week of our... Of September 19th to 23rd. September 19th to 23rd. That's next week. So share with your friends and colleagues. Sign up. I promise you guys will not dis be disappointed. We are very excited for this because we've been literally preparing for the, these kind of kinds of things for the last two years. Yeah, we've got some some downloadable action sheets we, got, we want you guys to, to print off and, and fill out as you do it. You'll get some objective things you can actually look at. You can, you can plot your course of improvement moving forward. You can see where you are currently. You can see where you want to get to. It's going to be fun. It's not long. It's, we're looking at maybe an, an hour per, yeah. at best, at most an hour per session per day. Uh, you can catch it on the live record. If you, can't, if you can't make it live, you can certainly catch it on the record. But we'd love to see people live. I'd love to start being able to interact a little bit more with some of our listeners. I think it'll be a Definitely. lot of fun. So share with your friends and colleagues. Uh, get a study buddy, right? You're, there's going to be a community hub that you guys can join. And, uh, you know, once you enter your email address, either Stephanie and or Lisa will get you up to speed with the community. Uh, probably this weekend, we'll, we'll have, you'll have access to the, some of these action sheets so you can plan and prep. But, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I guess, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So wherever you're listening in the world, you know, reverse engineer that and figure out what time it'll be live for you guys. Uh, but we look forward to it. We'll email out the Zoom link so that you can join the community hub. And it's going to be a good time. Reboot your retention. First challenge ever. So uh, we've worked hard on this thing. We've worked hard the, the last two years. We can't wait to share it with you. And we promise if you apply these skills, whether you're a student, right, you start to apply some of these communication skills and some of these concepts and you understand how these things work, Right? You understand why you're doing them, and then you actually learn how to implement them into your practice, whether it's student externship clinics and or a new graduate in practice and or a scaling practitioner. It is so helpful. If you have a group or a, or a practice where you have practitioners that work, work for you, this is perfect because we understand that everyone is, is running their own business within a business, and they all need to these skills, these communication skills to get busy and build their waiting list practice. So we want to help you do that, reboot your retention. I say uh, they're going to double their retention. Yeah, Jay is very confident. I think it's going to help a ton. I really do. I think it's, uh, yeah. I think it's, 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 it's simple but yet effective, and, and, and again, something that's just not always covered. And, and like you said, John, I think it's a great point. All these clinics that have multiple practitioners, I'm, we're sharing this with all our, all our, our therapists with us here. Yep. Uh, we talk about it in meetings, but let's, let's, let's have some live Q&A going and back and forth. I think every, it's really time, every time, Jay, we do these, we do these podcasts, we go back and we actually practice these things in our practice to make sure um, that we're doing these things to par, right? All these uh, kind of these scripts and these communications skills that we've uh, every acquired. so often kevin comes up with this jewel that he's rarely comes up with i'm like oh i haven't looked at that for a while i'll, <laughs> I'll look there you know true um <laughs> actually and we're working through this formula we did we came up with this formula last week but it's kind of fun so uh we say new patients plus retention it's a math so, formula for people. The math formula we, this is this is actually we'll come full circle because we yes. talked about waiting list practice so we think waiting list practice equals New patients, right? Because we know we need an influx of new patients. Even we take new patients, you know, they work their way into our schedule. Plus retention. This is the conversion and compliance to the power of, right, referrals. Because that's where they come from. When you master the retention, um, 
rarely do we even have to invest in the new patient acquisition because the referrals become our new patients. So new patient plus retention to the power of referrals equals waiting list practice. Boom. So that's a work in progress. It's a future t-shirt right there. It's a future t-shirt. We just, we kind of dreamt that up. Uh, without Kevin. Yeah, without Kevin, obviously. <laughs> obviously. On Friday, we dreamt that up. <laughs> and uh, I guess we'll wrap it up there. So that's the waiting list practice to us. We hope that all of you guys reach the, that that easily attainable goal of a waiting list practice. Um, uh, these principles you put in place, uh, even like you said, as student clinical supervisors, you'll blow, the, you'll, you'll blow them away with your ability to communicate and, and, and we'll go over those principles. I think it'll be very exciting for, for anyone, no matter where you are in your practice. Yeah, so, so we'll see you next week. Well, this podcast will drop this Friday. Sign up. Uh, you'll have a few days to sign up, get oriented, and we'll see you next week live. Uh, we're also, if you can't make it live for whatever reason, at least sign up so you can get on the on the the replay, right? Because yep. everything will be, you'll have access to the replay. We'll see you next week, eight mindful minutes, or the following week for the Osteo Connection. Thank you so much for tuning in. Osteomentorship.com. All your resources are there. Hit us up on LinkedIn. We're under our own names there. We're also on Osteo. Ammo, right, on Facebook, and we're on Instagram, The Osteo Connection, and Osteo Mentorship. So, see ya. Peace. Have Beauty. a great week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something, or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to The Osteo Connection, wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week and be sure to share with a friend.